welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Each week these idiots pair cocktails with comic books. You can find the cocktails, drinking game rules, and playlists on the blog at funnybooksandfirewater.com. While at funnybooksandfirewater.com, you can also find a drinking game rule to play while you listen to each episode. You can follow us at Firewatercast on Twitter, and Funny Books and Firewater on Facebook and Instagram. This is episode 164, on a sunbeam. Part of Pride 3, Kissing in a Tree. Why does my dictionary keep pulling up all this shit? I don't care. Okay. That's what you want to start with? Yeah. <laughs> you think so it's, the- it's who runs Border Town. That's yeah. what I want to know. Who runs Border Town? I don't know who runs Border Town. I don't even know what that reference is to. Is that from Dead Deadwood? I am so disappointed in everybody. <laughs> Master Blaster runs Border Town. I got Mad fucking Max, nothing. What are you Beyond Thunderdome, Tina Turner. See, here's the funny thing is, Mad Max Fury Road is one of my favorite movies of all time. I have never seen the original three. Dude. Yeah, same. I own them. Uh, we'll, we'll do we'll do a movie marathon where we'll do that, and then we'll watch The Godfather. Oh, that's, yeah. okay. Maybe <laughs> I will be in Utah for a week with nothing to do. I mean, other than catch up on work. Maybe we'll have to do it that week. That'd yeah, be because, awesome. Yeah. Well, this so this uh, as we record this, this Saturday coming up is Pride. So this will actually be out the day after Pride for Salt Lake. So I have tomorrow it'll, off. It will be. It'll be two weeks off because I'm off by a week right now. Oh, so. okay. Eventually, I'm going to catch up, but as of right now, this coming weekend will be... So as we record this on Monday, uh, every, uh, see, my favorite thing is Monsters will come out, and then we'll put this one out, and then I'm going to put Double out at some point in time this month. Well, I'll do Triple one time, because we still have Snagglepuss. We could do that as well, yeah. But oh, anyway, so what I was saying was that I go back to work for one day, hit a Pride all weekend, and come back on Monday terribly sunburned. Uh, in places that normally don't see the sun. And, Are you um, going to be one of those sparkle glitter speedo men? Didn't I send you the picture of what I'm wearing? No. no. You told me no. you were going to wear something revealing, but you didn't send anything. We have so, not seen a picture. Oh, here, I'll, I'll text to the group. So um, Clark is very, we very modest. to that group so she can see these horrible things, too. <laughs> we do, yeah. So let's add her to the group, too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the group. Oh, fuck me. Um, no, so Clark's very, very modest. He won't even walk around the house with his shirt off if you know, roommates are home. So this is about two weeks ago or so. He was kind of drunk. And he's like, Hey, for pride, we have these like little, like leather underwear things. We got as a joke. Yeah. Like, like they're kind of like, um, booty short type things. And we both have harnesses. So he's like, we should just go in those in a harness. I'm like, okay, we can. I'm not sure if I feel comfortable with that. And he's like, no, we should totally do it. And I'm like, okay. So I tried the underwear on, they didn't fit. So I went and ordered new underwear, which was cheap. And so the next day he's like, I don't know if we want to do that. I'm like, well, I've already paid 30 bucks for the underwear. So now we're all committed. <laughs> so apparently we're, we're, <laughs> we're walking in the parade with work, uh, with my work. And then, um, we will go to the, the thing where all this stuff. Are under you walking in this outfit for your work? No, no, I'm not. I think I, I guess I probably could, but, um, but yes, yeah, so then we're going to go there. We're going to change into it. And then the thing is like, you know, Hey, if we feel uncomfortable, we can always, uh, you know, put our clothes back on, but so, we've gotten some high marks from our friends. Tell me, where is the glitter? Like, how much glitter? There's yeah, no glitter. glitter. Is the there needs of, to be uh, more glitter. Craft. It's true. Oh, it really it's is. Dra- it's drag herpes. It's drag herpes. <laughs> wow, drag herpes. They're playing Warp Tour this summer. I heard that. Yeah. 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 
Okay, well, speaking of drag herpes, hi, welcome to episode 164 of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. And guess what? It's Pride 3, Kissing in a Tree. Uh, I named that for you, Adam, by the way, because we did Pride 2, Electric Boogaloo, so it's yes. Pride 3, Kissing and, in a Tree. And next year it's going to be Pride 4, The Revenge. The Revenge? <laughs> yes. The Revenge I, of what? I think it should be well, for one inch more. We're always hoping for one inch more. So. Uh, that's why I'm saying pride for one inch more. Anyway, that's that's why you need a going... tram and you can get your optical inch. <laughs> Does that really work, Lena? I'm sorry. I'm like half listening to whatever you're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> you probably just don't want to have an opinion on that then. We'll just say that. <laughs> Yeah, let's, let's go with that. Okay. Like that. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so it's Pride 3, Kissing in a Tree. We are doing four books for Pride Month. Oh, hello, Adam and Clark. Yeah. Titties. Okay. Titties. Pierce titties. Adam just sent us a picture of what he's wearing to Pride. That's what I was just responding to. Anyway, so if you see Adam at Pride, you'll know what he's hanging out. Um, so, yeah. Moving on. I have so many questions, but I don't want to say any of them, uh, at least not being while being recorded. Um, so, now this that just derailed me quite a bit. This week we are doing. <laughs> you asked to see it, dude. That's huh? fantastic. I did ask to see it. I'm I'm, I'm very proud of you. I'm excited for you, but I have questions. Um, well, if, if one of the questions involves how often we use those, okay. we don't. They've been in storage since okay. the day. That was that so. was one of my questions. So okay, now we know. Um, anyway. So we are reading Tilly Tilly Walden's On a Sunbeam, who, as Adam has pointed out earlier, will make us all feel completely inadequate in our life choices at this point in time. (laughs) Um, But we'll get into that later. So we have with us the man of the hour. It is his holiday. Well, it's everyone's holiday, but we specifically celebrate it for Adam. We have Mr. Adam. Happy Pride, Mr. Adam. Hi. So I wonder if one day it's like Pride is going to be like it is for St. Paddy's Day where like everyone's Irish for a day, like everyone's a fag for a day. With you, I happens. went to an LAFC game that was Pride-themed, and it kind of was, to be honest with you. Everybody had a rainbow armband. It was – and I sent you that picture. That's that, really cool. Like, it was yeah. actually kind of like – I mean, to be honest with you, uh, the other thing too is MLS has a very large millennial following, so I feel like it's sort of more of a progressive – thought process at least in southern california mm-hmm. so it's like i mean mm-hmm. i wore a big old pride armband through the whole thing it's great i still have it actually it's pretty awesome i'll, I'll um but uh, yeah so like i think you are not far off i think there is a time where pride will be like st patrick's day where everyone will be gay for a day yeah and mike pence can finally but, enjoy himself without mother <laughs> oh there. lovely that'll Aww. be so good and then i sent uh, you guys anyways. the last rsl game i went to had a double rainbow in the middle of the game going on. That was awesome. <laughs> you were so yeah. proud so of the We know rainbow. there's no apocalypse this year. Because of the double rainbow? Yeah, there's no apocalypse this year because of the double rainbow. I, I, is that Mormon doctrine? No. <laughs> uh, never mind. <laughs> well, no, the, ra- the rainbow was just that God wouldn't destroy the r- r- Earth with a flood again. Right. And also that he loves and that he loves gay people no matter what the That's Christians true. say. <laughs> That's right. It's also very true. But anyways, uh, yeah, so I'm Adam from Salt Lake. I am the reviews editor and uh, head film critic for Big Chinese Robot. Uh, also, sometimes figuring out what I'm doing with uh, Andy Wilson over at the Board as Hell podcast. Hey, Hi, Andy. Andy. Uh, we actually were going to do some stuff this month, but he's moving. So he's been, you know, sucking. Oh, moving that sucks. Hell. Is he just uh, moving and- in town or bigger than that? I think he's moving in town. Like we talked a bit about it, um, 
but I we, we haven't really connected too much in the last couple of weeks. Hey, Andy, so. we love you. You need to come back on the show at some point in time. That'd we should do great. Andy month and, too. And, and, that's what August. Yeah. yeah, I think it's August. We may have to do that because Andy picked some really good books for August. Actually, I think that's when Lena started yeah. listening, isn't it? No, I didn't start listening until like December. Until Jason came out. Of- oh, okay. Or something like that. So yeah, I mean, I uh, went okay. back and I listened to all of the episodes, but I can't remember. I got a lot of like text messages being like, "All the books this month are really awesome," and it was Andy Wilson month, so I don't remember who I got those from. But anyway. <laughs> It was probably but Andy. Andy text me. These are great books. I can't, whoever picked these is amazing. Yeah. That sounds so much yes, like Andy. Yes, you are, Andy. Yeah. Uh, and then also you can find me on our sister podcast, Cinema Queens, with our good friend Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. And we are still playing the uh, crossover episode. Uh, I'm still waiting for him to get back to me on what book he wants to do. Obviously not this one. Um, and I'm thinking for our crossover movie episode, maybe Deadpool 2 I think would be Deadpool the best one. Maybe the we'll best. actually have a good... We'll, we'll finally have a good Deadpool thing on this. Never gonna live that down. Never gonna live that down. No, you're not. Finally, because <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, and yeah, it was a terrible book. I will admit that. We should read Dead, Dead Presidents is the one I, the first Deadpool book I read that I See, loved. We should read that one. You didn't no, like, like that that's one, the thing you? is, is you and Maya like Dugan's run on it, and I don't like Dugan's run on it. I like um, Way's run on it. But way like I didn't. There wasn't a good book for way I felt like to jump in on that. Maybe Suicide Kings, maybe. But I don't know. Yeah, but here we could do that, or we could do Suicide Squad just so you can hear me rant about it for an hour. And a half. Um, I mean, that no. could be fun as well. You mean Oscar award winning Suicide Squad? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> okay, that's enough about me. Blah blah blah. Speaking I'll, of Oscar award winning, hopefully it won't be summer. Yeah. Okay. Oh God. Oh, someone already knows I'm about to mention them. Yep. Wow. <laughs> no. Speaking of Oscar award winning, the award winner of our hearts, we have Elena. Oh, that's so cute. Nice. Good. I know. Also I partially a <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'm Elena. I'm an event manager out of the New York, Connecticut area. And again, I've realized how geeky all of the people in my life are. So we sucked you in. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have. Yeah, you sound so happy about that. That we need to liven it up a little bit, though, y'all. Oh, we have. Oh, yeah. yeah. Are we too serious? Oh, yeah. Just a little too, a little too. Uh, I mean, I guess it may have been the the book that we were talking about wasn't super like. Lively. Uh, oh yeah, but what was that? Uh, my favorite thing is monsters. No, it was the one before it, um, the western one, whatever the hell. Oh, that one was kind of depressing. Deadly. Yeah, that was kind of depressing. But <laughs> that was really hard. Well, we've noticed before because <clears throat> we did uh, like last March, I think it was. We did the biographies, Uh-oh. and we had some really good episodes, Uh-oh. but they were all about people oh, dying of AIDS was and horrible death. things. <laughs> So we were just such downers for that. We're like, do we even do drinking yeah. games for this? That's what kind of yeah, it, really was. it was bad. Every time someone dies of age, take a drink. Uh, yeah. Okay. It was like rent the uh, drinking game. Oh, it was God. bad. Everyone it's, has AIDS. AIDS, 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 AIDS. Okay. Speaking of Academy Award winning, one of the Hollywood elite, Mr. Groaning <laughs> on the inside again. What? Groaning on the inside again. Groaning on the inside. You're not groaning on the outside. 
Growing no. on the inside, we have Mr. Jason. Hello, Mr. Jason. Hi, everyone. I'm Jason, a writer in Los Angeles, back to being temporarily unemployed. Uh, and so here is your weekly WGA update. Uh, it looks like negotiations between the WGA and the ATA are scheduled to resume again on June 7th. That being said, it doesn't appear that either side is any closer to reaching a deal with both sides reportedly still in disagreement, disagreement over packaging fees and agency affiliations with related production entities. So uh, stay tuned. We'll find out together if the agencies actually come to their senses or if these uncharted waters of mostly unrepresented writers stretch further out. Okay. Yeah. So actually, are there still mixers going on? There are occasionally, yes. Okay. And actually, I do have a question for you, Jason. Yeah. So I know, like, you know, the, my experience with strikes is very limited. Like, when the grocery stores had that strike back, like, in 2002, I had some friends who worked for them. Mm-hmm. And of course, you have people who are crossing the line to go work. So, are there scabs in the like the writing world as well? Well, technically, this isn't really a strike, but there are uh, writers who have decided not to fire their agents. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I see. Gotcha. Okay. So it's all about whether or not they'll fire their agents or not. Most of them have, but it's it's uh, at this point, it's whether or not most of the agencies will respect the WGA's. Uh, request for not request but demand that that uh, they not engage in um conflict of interest practices gotcha. so okay yeah cool and i'm required by law mm-hmm. to follow up jason with todd hey todd hey how's it going i'm glad hey, todd. you are, are a law-abiding <laughs> well citizen. for now but and the, the pre uh, recording before lena joined us again we were discussing breaking laws but we won't publish that but anyway so that's why laws are there to break, right? Uh-huh. That's kind of the point. Sure. So, hey, I'm Todd. I'm here in Salt Lake, chilling with Adam. We keep trying to have lunch with Adam, but Todd goes, works tough. Sorry. And Adam understands. Well, and we did have our mandate for John Wick 3. Dude, that movie is the shit. But I, I will just, say... I saw it again in IMAX since then. <laughs> oh, you know, watching it, going, my, my I like covered my crotch a few times during that movie. There was a lot of crotch shots. <laughs> yeah, when it come, so when you get to see it at home, every time a dog bites a guy in the dick, take a drink. Yeah, that or you can go see it that, at uh, Brewbies. Yeah. Oh, is it a Brewbies? I didn't well, know. I don't know if it is a Brewbies. I'm just assuming it will be at some point in time. Dude, you'd get really drunk if you were taking a drink every time a dog bit a dick in that flick. Or every time someone goes that through rhymes. a plane of uh, plane of glass. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of broken glass. But that movie was awesome. Um, so yeah, so I'm here in Salt Lake. And you can find me on this podcast. Hey, yeah, what's up? We have another one that we've been terrible at doing. Well, maybe we'll get back to it. I don't know. We need to, just for your mother's sake. I know, my poor mom. But thank God she doesn't listen to this one. Uh, No kidding. uh, (laughs) Yeah, anyway, I was like, she might be okay with Pride Month. So far, the books are very nice and sweet. But we've only read one of them, so we'll see how it goes. Anyway, hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based in Southern California and a grad student at the University of Denver. I'll be sound designing. Actually, I'm at the end of... Next week, so actually probably, depending on when we record, maybe not in this next episode, but the episode after, we'll probably be able to do mostly live episodes, um, probably with Lena and Jason being the only ones who are not live with us. On, uh, But I'll actually be in Utah, I guess, is more of what it will be. And then I've already got an email asking if I'll be at uh, Fanex, so apparently I'm going to be at Fanex. So there's that as well. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, pan- uh, book intro, On a Sunbeam, is a, what, space story? 
about yeah. yeah, space story about um, a young couple who meets in school, and then it also follows one of the couple, uh, half the couple, as she is actually on a uh, a, a space team to uh, rebuild different. Uh, locations um, across the galaxy and then ends up finding out that uh, those people on that space station could potentially help her uh, go get her girlfriend back. Is that a... Actually, I might have ruined the plot a little bit in that one, haven't I? Nah, no, go that, for it. That, that works, yeah. Okay, so I might have... No, that is pretty much... Yeah, it's... It, that's pretty basic. Okay. Yeah, you you kind of know what's going on from the beginning. So. Okay, so I, I didn't totally spoil it, but uh, anyway, that's what's going on. So they kind of split up the timelines, they kind of flash back and forth and that kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, that's the, the general gist of it. So, Mr. Todd, what is the myification for this book? The myification for this book is you've got its um, space opera without all the space, well, without all the opera. Space opera so without space opera? Ma- yeah. That's pretty much how it is. It's a nice little coming of age story. Yeah. Without any grandioseness to it, really. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, well, then let's jump into votes as to whether or not we believe it is worth you, our dear listeners, hard earned time, money, and effort to go and find this book and read it. Uh, what is your vote, Lena? Yeah. Mr. Todd? Nah. Oh, really? Okay. Jason? Yes. I'm a yes, and Mr. Adam? Yes. Okay. Interesting. So we all have one. Meh. Interesting. 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 <laughs> we'll get into <laughs> that. Meh. <laughs> uh, so. Meh. Uh, so let's jump into drinking games. What is your drinking game, Mr. Todd? Because I don't quite understand how anyone's going to be able to do this. <laughs> but uh, go ahead. So the name of this drinking game is Tim Sells Queer Child. Um, every time Todd is reminded of Tim Sell's artwork, combined with a bit of Studio Ghibli, you need to take a drink. So what you need to do is my unreleased Twitter ID. Just go ahead and I will post going, hmm, this looks like Tim Sell's artwork. You need to take a drink. So wait, so you're going to post on a Twitter account that no one knows about that it looks like yes. Tim Sale's so artwork. S- it's like Schrodinger's Twitter account. It may or may not exist. You don't know. So you may or may not be drunk. You may or may not be taking a drink. That's right, but you probably are. Okay. Well, I'm going to need yeah. a drink after that. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Flying Fish. Every time that there is a spaceship uh, that looks like a fish, take a drink. What is your drinking game, Ms. Lena? It's funny. Mine actually is a lot like it. It's Go Fish. Anytime you see a fish swimming through space, drink. Ah, there we go. Okay, cool. We lined those up pretty well. It's almost like we planned that, which we actually, oddly enough, didn't. Normally we do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why I'm glad you're in the group chat now because we always uh, bounce rules off and all of a sudden I'll be like, God damn it, Brian, I was Uh, doing that rule. I know. (laughs) It's also part of the game of trying to read the book fast enough so you can post it so that you get your drinking game rule first. claim. Yeah, lay claim. Yeah. It's it, it's like the uh, the uh, gold rush. It's really interesting. Uh, it's like, ooh, I got this rule in. Um, so speaking of gold rush, Mister Jason, Mister Jason, uh, my what is rule, yours? My rule is called Jules. Anytime the character of Jules overreacts, take a drink. Awesome. And Mister Adam, uh, mine's called Let's Do the Time Warp Again. Uh, every time the timeline jumps around. Oh, that's evil. <laughs> it's a little evil. See, I'd also call that the Godfather Part 2. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't know that, would I? Oh, <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, I don't know if that was on this part of the recording. The other one. Uh, oh no, it was on this part of the recording. Anyway, it was, it was on this one. one. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, so we have some drinking game rules. We need some music to be able to put on in the background. Um, I'm going to start out with uh, Incubus's "Wish You Were Here." Uh, Mr. Adam, I know has another Incubus song. What is your uh, song for the playlist, sir? Uh, yeah. So mine's Incubus. I miss you. Okay. Madame Elena, what is your <laughs> song? I'm, I'm just going to get it every time. Okay, so I have two because one is Asleep on a Sunbeam by Bell and Sebastian, mm. and that oh, is nice. what the title of the book is based on. Oh, wow. Okay. Per the author. Um, and then mine is Stellar from Incubus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Mr. Top, Incubus song did you pick for the playlist? I did not pick an Incubus song. Get out. Song. Shame. I know. No, I did Starman by David Bowie. Oh yeah, and oh. Mr. Jason, what's what uh, hipster band did you pick? I I, I actually uh, was thinking about an Incubus song uh, before you guys started to chime in with yours, uh, so I just did decide to do something a little bit more obscure. It's called "On the Flip Side" by Looper, and pretty much any song off of uh, their album, uh, the Geometrid, uh, would fit the weird sort of uh, cosmic aesthetic of the book. Okay. I was hoping you'd come with an Ingiba song, though, but that would be kind of awesome. But I can name one. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure you have the capability of doing so. Uh, fantastic. Oh, speaking of which, okay. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull the audience here, or at least uh, everybody who's listening here. So I'm doing a... Raise your hands. Raise your hands, everybody. I am doing a uh, sound design for a show, and one part of the show takes place in 2009. So I was looking at the billboard 2009 top list and i need a obnoxious ringtone for like a really obnoxious uh, real estate agent and the number one song that year was the black eyed peas boom boom pow and i'm thinking that is the perfect ringtone for an obnoxious real estate agent <laughs> yes yeah mm. yes oh god that yep. song is so yep. such a pain in the ass to listen to okay see i, I think that's perfect todd well it's between that and my humps yeah, but like I just wanted, I just thought like that coming out of a phone would just be truly obnoxious. So I, that was kind of what I went with. You could do like a uh, Will Ferrell statement from the movie Elf. <laughs> okay. I'm in a store and I'm singing really loud. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I wanted, I mean, I uh, here's the thing. I uh, The audience for this will not be young enough to get those references. It's, it's how it is. It's theater in Utah. Everybody's old. It's 2000. Is Eminem still producing hits? Not really. Like his, I mean, he is, yes. But like I, the highest tar- charting uh, song he had was like down in like the 30s. Well, wasn't that when he was like really big battling with addiction? And like that's when Elton John like saved his life. Oh, really? Yeah, he got yeah. really bad into like drugs, alcohol, all that kind uh-huh. of fun stuff. And he was, he was quite the pill popper. Yeah, he was a recluse for years. And Elton John went and like called him. He's like, "Listen, bitch, I know what you're going through because I did the same thing in the 70s and 80s, which why well, I'm really excited to go see Rocket yeah. Man because I had to miss the screening, uh, which apparently is getting like all the buzz and best yeah, picture and all that fun stuff." But Elton John went to him and was like, look, I'm going to help you get sober. And so that's how they became friends and why they started performing together. But yeah, Elton John saved Eminem's life. Interesting. That's awesome. He actually did the same thing with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, did he? I didn't know about that. Mm -hmm. When Robert Downey Jr. got out of jail and he was having all kinds of issues, he did the same thing and helped uh, Robert Downey Jr. get clean. So basically, yeah. Robert Downey Jr.'s issue was black tar heroin. That's, that's a fucking issue, is what that is. Yeah. yeah. So basically, if it wasn't for Elton John, we wouldn't have Endgame. That is true. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Or more importantly, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, but that's a different story. Uh, Kiss so. Kiss Bang Bang is awesome. Anyway. 
Yeah. I love cool. That well, I think it is time for some cocktails. Um, Lena, what is your cocktail for this week? Uh, I have the Stargazer wine cocktail. Ooh. So it's two ounces of Chardonnay, one ounce of dark rum, a half ounce of vanilla syrup, one ounce of pineapple juice, and one lime wedge. So it's, I'm going to get super hipster here with it. Uh, you're going to fill a mason jar Uh-oh. cocktail shaker. And it says <laughs> that in the directions um, with ice. You add the Chardonnay, the rum, the vanilla syrup, and the pineapple juice. Shake and strain into a glass and then garnish with the lime wedge. Fantastic. That sounds tasty. That's like a lovely little mm-hmm. That does. Sound okay. Um, so... I haven't tried this, to be honest with you. I'm going to just recommend it because it's based out of uh, our home state of Utah. Well, at least more than uh-huh. more than 50% of our home states of Utah. Uh, so it's called um, uh, Underground Herbal Spirit. It's by Ogden's Own Distillery. Uh, but it's supposed to be like a digestif. But uh, at one point in time in this book, they go underground. And that's where the reference is. So I'm just calling it the underground. Uh, but yeah, so uh, have a little bit of a, a, a local Utah distillery. Yeah, it's pretty um, good, actually. So Have you had it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's 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 similar to like a Jägermeister, but without that really, um, the uh, anise flavor is not quite as nearly as strong. So gotcha. Okay, see, Adam will vouch for me, Mister Adam. What is your cocktail? Yeah, so mine's called the Second Winter. Uh, you're gonna take a chilled martini glass. You're gonna rim it with salt, but don't dip it in lime juice. Let to just use water, whatever you want. Uh, you're gonna take an ice filled shaker. Uh, add two ounces of rum chata, one ounce of caramel vodka. You shake the shit out of it, you strain it into the martini glass, and then if you want to, you can add a little sprit, sp- squirt of like caramel topping sauce in the bottom. Okay. Mm. Very cool. That sounds so sweet. That's why I'm not going to have it, awesome. because it's too sweet. I, it's too much sugar. That is so sweet. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Mr. Todd? I'm just going with classic Gimlet. So it's two ounces of gin with an ounce of sweet and lime juice. So you combine the gem and the lime juice into a shaker. You shake the shit out of it and strain it into a uh, cocktail glass, and you put a lemon wedge there. Okay. And that's it. And uh, Mr. Jason? Uh, mine is called the Pink Sky. You take a one-ounce gym, uh, preferably lime-flavored, half a cup of ginger ale, a quarter cup of cranberry juice, and uh, changing up slightly from when I just last sent it to you, uh, instead of lime slice and sugar, just do a, a lime slice and a maraschino cherry. Uh, pour the ingredients into a glass over ice, stir gently, and then add the lime slice and cherry for uh, some sort of cosmic garnish and drink to enjoy. Cosmic garnish. One looks like a planet, one so, looks like the rings. I gotcha. Okay. That's awesome. So I actually bought a jar of the Luxardo Maraschino yeah. cherries. Ooh. And those are a revelation. And yeah, you look at the bottle and it's like a small six, four ounce bottle. And it's like 30 bucks. And you're like, fuck. And then you just buy it because they say this is it. And you're like, oh, I understand. Oh, really? <laughs> it makes so much of a difference. Were those yeah. were those ones from Boostique? Um, I got this one at uh Tony Caputo's. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, they're, they're the real maraschino trayery maraschino. I don't know. I'm not Italian. Is incredibly different than your typical, you know, red food colored cherry that you would put in. Lena is they're the really Italian on the podcast. Would you like to verify how we should say that? I'm sorry. I'm eating halfway through this. I know. That's why, that's why, no, that's, that's why I gave you. I, I had you do your cocktail first so you'd have enough time to food to eat. Uh, to food. Thank you. To I, I do appreciate that because I'm otherwise I would not be here right now. Um, yeah, you'd be starving. To, no, but how do you say is it maraschino cherries? Yes, it's maraschino. Maraschino. 
Maraschino. Okay. Say we have I, but the real deal maraschino cherries are amazing. Yes. Because it's um because it's C I don't I ha, I have no idea how it's spelled. That's the whole thing. How is it spelled? <laughs> M-A-R-A-S-C-H-I-N-O. Oh, um no, the the C H is C C is Ch. C I is C. So I think it's just maraschino, yeah. I'm Googling it as we go. <laughs> Google that Maraschino. Maraschino. Yeah, let me see if I can play it if you can hear it. Dude. Maraschino. Yeah. Maraschino. So it is Maraschino. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got that all taken care of. Awesome. There we go. So, yeah. Uh, do we have any final warnings before we go into this book? Uh, so I sat down and read this through all at once. I was not going to because, uh-huh. you know, it is 500 uh-huh. some pages long. Yeah. Uh, that being said, it's a, it's a, I mean, I think you read it in about two hours, but it doesn't feel nearly as long as the one from last week. And, yeah. uh, but I would recommend spacing it out if you can, because this was a, was a 30 part or 20 part web comic yeah. that came out a couple mm-hmm. years ago. They made into graphic novel form. So it's kind of one of those things that you want to read a bit, think about it for a while and go back to it. But I mean, if you want to, you can do it all in one sitting because it's, and yeah, I read it in about. 100 page chunks is what I ended up doing. It, the webcomic still exists. It's actually how I read it. Oh, really? It. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and so every chapter is its own little button that you go through. It made it a lot easier to read through because it's set up to be that kind of webcomic experience. And I thought it was it like it was so much easier to read than when I was looking at it through the book. Huh. Okay. Huh. No, I, I didn't know that. I, I just got it. So, do you have the book of it? I did. I don't have it in front of me, but I when I no, was fine. searching, all of a sudden, um, I googled it, and the web comment came up, and I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> spend money. <laughs> and, spend money. Um, what the hell? But and then there's a whole. That's how I found out about the song from Bell and Sebastian was because the author wrote this like whole. Um, thing on how she like how she wrote it and she so the reason it feels so we can get into it but yeah it's really really it was I was happy that I found the webcomic okay I think that will give us a good spot to break we'll play an ad hopefully the right one this month because I fucked it up a little bit yeah <laughs> if I don't know the ad I just play this one for Cinema Queens oh really that, they, which we actually need to re-record because we have new members now oh uh, uh, for this podcast mm-hmm. yeah we do. We need to update that. We also need to get Maya to show up for something. We love you, Maya. Show the fuck up. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. We anyway. love you, Maya. Uh, you owe me money, Maya. Uh, yeah. Anyway. You owe me money, too. No, I don't know if you owe me money. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. So, uh, we will take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we're going to spoil the shit out of it. And a lot of us did actual research on this book, so we have interesting things to say about it, which is kind of fun, actually. Uh, so uh, we will see you on the flip side. While we take a break, here is a message from one of our fellow Hello Sweetie Network podcasts. Hey there, are you queer or some variation of it? Well, I'm Chris, and this is my co-host, Adam. And welcome to Cinema Queens, where we talk about queer cinema. Each week, we watch beloved queer classics, discuss them, review them, and cover a whole cluster of topics from our favorite scenes, what they mean to us, how it relates to our current world, and the best part, the cherry on top of the sundae happens to be... Gay Rants! So prepare your ear holes! Hey, listen to us queens talk cinema. New episodes drop every Monday on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Bye bye. 
Is there anything that I didn't cover that you would like to expand on in this spoiler Not section? really. I mean, you know, girl gets out of high school, gets a job, um, and then goes and reconnects with her long-lost girlfriend. That's kind of the whole plot. Yeah. It's about love and second chances, which is kind of, it's kind of sweet. Um, and, the, and the erasure of gender roles, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, that, that is an interesting thing to talk about. So uh, there are no men in this book other than a male. Not even mentioned. Yeah, not even mentioned. Like, I I kind of loved it, like, for me, because it wasn't like a, a big deal kind of thing where it was just like, well, what are your moms going to say? Like, it was just like everything was just sort of assumed that it was it was very normal that there were no men in this entire world, which I was totally fine with. It was kind of interesting. Uh, I didn't pick up on it until, like, chapter 10 or 11 where I was like, what is going on here? I haven't seen one man. Yeah. And then I, when I was on the website, I like clicked back over to her kind of bio that she has. Uh-huh. And she even has in there, she's like, there's no men. Did you catch that? And like, <laughs> <laughs> That's well, funny. When I first read through it, I thought Elliot was, um, was a guy because they were, yeah. they were, you know, she's non-binary. And then for a while there, I was wondering if there was like a, if they were trans, but then uh, on her website, she kind of did, specify that they were non-binary so like, okay that makes sense but yeah it was um so at first i didn't realize that until their new captain misgenders them and they're like oh you know it's them this and that blah 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 and that's when it kind of hit me that oh yeah there are no men uh because to be honest i really didn't miss them no i mean it, it, i mean it wasn't a thing i mean and and i guess for me it was one of those things where it's like i understand the representation matters for those who are not represented as someone who is represented i didn't miss not being represented in this book I felt like it was more important to have representation than to have, like, I mean, I still identified with the characters and still really enjoyed it, you know? Can you tell that to Star Wars fans? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I, I'll i be honest with you, like, I'm a horrible person, but I went to a preview of Star Wars Land, and it made me question whether or not I was a yeah. Star Wars fan, because I didn't like it. I got bored and left early. I had four-hour increment, and I left after two hours because I got bored, because it just was super expensive but anyway that's a totally different issue. yeah you can spend twenty five thousand dollars on an r2d2 i fucking saw that thing i was like what the fuck like i thought i thought this is a joke right twenty five thousand dollars like i was like holy shit like they will sell those nonstop all day every do day your laundry i i mean i don't know like nobody will blow you Here's the thing that pissed me off is I hey. built this little droid and I tried to build a murder droid from the uh, the comic book series. That's what I ended up doing. Uh-huh. But the thing is, so you spend a hundred bucks to build this thing, but you only are limited to whatever shows up on the conveyor belt. So I couldn't build it exactly as I wanted to. And I'm like, for a hundred bucks, I want to build it exactly as I want to. Also, the thing has Bluetooth technology in it, but it can't act as a Bluetooth speaker. I'm like, fuck you. Like, really? Like, at least let me, it'd be useful when I take it home. Right now, it's basically just a remote control car. So anyway... That's my whole rant on Star Wars. We won't get into that. What we're here, we're talking about is on a sunbeam. Uh, so yeah, so no men representation. <laughs> uh, uh, Adam, do you want to mention why we all feel completely inadequate by this book? Oh yeah, so the the author of this book, the, uh, she is like twenty two, maybe twenty three years old, and I mean this thing has won awards. This is like what her fifth or sixth graphic novel. Yeah. And Todd, you said she has her master's degree. No, right? I, I read that that she has her master's degree. Oh, you read that. Yeah, it's it's in the back mm-hmm. of this book. It's she has. She's also a graduate from the Center of uh, Cartoon Studies, um, a comics MFA program in Vermont. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, I have two podcasts, one of which I bitch about comic books, the other one I talk about microwave comics, yeah. so I just have <laughs> everything going for me. Hey, you have more podcasts than some people. It's a choice. 
<laughs> not everyone knows if that's a good thing or not. So <laughs> anyway. Well, if it makes you feel any better, she has she got crummy g- grades in science. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what she said on her on her website on this on the web comic website. So that's why I thought it was funny. No, it doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and the other thing I, I loved about this was. Uh, you know, despite the fact, you know, there's no men in it, so women are running everything. And as was mentioned, you know, it's like, oh, hey, you know, what are what will our moms think or this and that? And it never seemed like a weird or an odd thing. And that might be because I'm not, you know, a dyed in the wool Republican or something yeah. like that. But uh, it was also cool to see that, you know, it, it didn't matter and didn't feel weird that we had women in traditionally, you know, masculine roles as far as like, could you, you know, no matter what happens, sometimes people, when you say, oh, you know, who's the principal of your school? You automatically think, oh, it's Mr. So and So. It just that that pops in your head because since I was a kid growing up, that was always kind of the man's role, even though it doesn't need to, it could be anyone's role. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be. I'd like to mention there's a principal who is the wife of a certain member of this podcast. Yes, exactly. So my wife. Yeah, do we do we lose? Yeah. <laughs> my wife. I'm right here. But no, I mean, there's 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 yeah. yeah okay, you're quiet and. It just there, there seems like there are some things like that people automatically assume are a male or female job, which isn't the case. It's just you know the way society kind of has made it seem that way, and so it, it was just great to have this this book where you know the captain of the ship, the principal, the person running the crew, they're all women, and it didn't and it made sense. It yeah. wasn't like oh well if there's something missing, it was like no, this is a perfect way to have it in this world, and we should have more of this in our world too because I know my work is. I think in on the whole management team, we've got like one female manager, two female managers of like 10. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they, we, we need more than that. I mean, we need other voices coming in and we need people who have different experiences and different things to bring to the table, which is why so many places say that diversity is so important. You know, they, they sometimes they mean it. Sometimes they say it just for a soundbite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you need to get these unique viewpoints. And that's why I'm glad Elena's on here because she brings something to the table that none of us can. You know, I, I come here as, you know, gay guy. So I have a different way of viewing things. But there's things I can never understand or see from a different viewpoint because I got a dick. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking to that, I don't have a dick. Um, what? <laughs> I, I know. I know. You're so surprised. Um, I, it, it's funny because um, most of my friends are men, so it didn't really hit me until I got older about the whole representation thing. It just never really hit me. And with this book, it was, like I said, I didn't realize until halfway through it that there were no men. And, um, and even I, when I had realized it, I was like, huh, that's cool. And then I just kept reading. Like it wasn't, she wrote it in such a way that you just, you're not losing anything from it. You're, you know, the, it it didn't affect anything. It was just literally a world without men, and that was it. And it was. It's not um, even a plot point, really. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it wasn't like in you know, Why the Last Man, where it, you know the first book starts out with everyone dying. Yeah. And it's like, oh my god, what's this? There's one man left. It's like, no, just in this world, that's how it is, and yeah. you, you don't even question it. Like, like Lena said, like, oh, I just realized this. Okay, moving on, next page. It wasn't. Yeah. Big deal. So I just I thought that was so interesting and um and then reading what the author had to say was she wrote it in a place she wrote it um where there were um queer characters and no men 
and it was um, to be like a place that she wanted to live in. So it was just interesting to then go back and read the last half of the book with kind of her viewpoint while I started reading it. And it was, it still didn't take anything away from it. It was just so interesting because um, it's, it's not like all conflict is gone. It's not like this perfect utopia, like a lot of women like to say it would be. Uh-huh. Um, it just, it, it just, there are no men. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Can we do this with our government? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, please. So, Todd, as the art fan of this book, other than it's reminding you of Tim Sales and Studio Ghibli, what were your thoughts on this? You know, so this book came out, they said the webcomic came out like the fall of 2017 through the spring uh-huh. of 2018. So she produced 528 pages in six months' okay. time. Yeah, it is. My God, that's a lot of work, uh-huh. right? So she wrote, drew, and color everything. It's all her start to finish and the lettering. Well, she had a bunch of free and, time in between making all the sandwiches. Oh, jeez. So. <laughs> <laughs> Lena, if you were here, you there could you hit go. him. I'm sorry. Just be happy that I, ha- I literally had food in my mouth and I didn't. I couldn't like, make a snarky comment. No, I wish you could have. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Actually, I said it specifically hoping you would make a snarky comment. Listen, I don't, not to sit here and say I'm not a good cook, but that's more like making sauce and meatballs. Definitely not sandwiches. You don't, And you can ask Jason for that specifically. Ask Jason for sandwiches or ask Jason if you can make sandwiches? Both. Okay. Jason, get in the kitchen, make me a sandwich. There's actually a, there's a really great meme, and like get your own sandwich. It's two panels, and on one of them you see two two gay guys making out. On the right one, you see two lesbians making out. And on the gay side, it's like, oh my god, I wish we had sandwiches. And then the lesbians are like, oh my god, what are we going to do with all these sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Doc, didn't mean to over overrule you. Continue. <laughs> so, yeah, but she put out a. She she was very busy and she put the workout and what was interesting it's got a very loose style to it and I did enjoy it um, with my drinking game it's very reminiscent of Tim's sale to me as you look at it I think it's the coloring as much as the line work um, it was expressive at times I was having some trouble with uh, character differentiation of who are we looking at at the particular moment um, it got better for me but it took a little while for me to get used to but what I really did enjoy were the blocks of color of things going on so as the resident colorblind guy i always go back to color don't i yeah you do that's why i brought it up so but the color is really cool and as you're watching with this world i mean it's a world without men it's also a world where you can just breathe in space and no bother i mean it's her world she'll do what she wants and but yeah and you've got all this black which she uses so well and it's flecked with stars and then seas of reds and oranges, or you've got these dark, rich blues. And then you've got a fish that's just kind of swimming through space. That's the starship. And what's interesting, it's got some sweet whimsy of itself going on. And mm-hmm. it's um, there's definitely conflict in it, but it's not your um, typical story arc of conflict as a case. So it's still, you've got her going through school. And then it's a dual story of five years later, and she is working away, rebuilding old structures. And doesn't necessarily say, it's it's just kind of an interesting thing to watch. And you're trying to watch these two stories, and you're wondering how they're going to tie together at the end. And you do get this climatic ending, which she did a pretty good job on. But there's a lot of meandering in it as well. And I just got a little bit 
I, I guess though. There was a lot of smelling the roses time and I stopped caring. Oh really? Okay. That's so that's why yeah. you're the meh on it. It's just the 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 wandering nature of some of it. Right. I mean, the, the art's very solid and I think that's really good and the story's fine, but uh, obviously as she, she did this quickly. Yeah. As she was pushing this out and I think in some ways it could have used tightening up. Okay. And it's just so open and everything that it's uh, it's 500 pages. I think it would have been a better 300 page book. Okay. I mean, that's... Yeah, I'm, I'm exactly with Todd and I. I really, really did like this book. And, you know, I didn't know it was a epic until, like, two days ago when I was going to order it. I'm like, oh, fuck, this is over 500 pages long. <laughs> and I, I couldn't find it digitally, so I was like, uh, if it ships and gets here on Thursday, I'm going to have to, like, sit down and cram. Uh, but no, I'm with Todd is that this... One of my biggest complaints when I'm reviewing movies is that it needs an editor. And this did. This needed to be shortened to maybe 15 or, le- or fewer issues or episodes from the web series Mm -hmm. but that being said you know it was fantastic the characters jump off the page they seem real but yeah i'm with todd as far as it's a bit too long and i kind of found the ending a little bit off like the actual end end was good but the whole time they're on the staircase and like the jewels has that vision Mm -hmm. and all that weird shit happens that just kind of seemed like it went off the rails uh and wasn't really properly explained as far as what was where this mythos came from but that was like really my only complaints about the the writing artist, so uh mr jason what are your uh, thoughts on the writing so i i actually appreciated the pacing the pacing because it gave us a sense to breathe with the characters and um uh sort of agreeing with todd early on it was somewhat difficult to discern which character was speaking when because they have some uh, somewhat slightly um similar hairstyles and the colors uh can blend a little bit but the pacing actually helped me to differentiate between them all because then you got a sense of uh, Jules' sort of um, rambunctious, rowdy nature, um, Char's sort of quiet leadership, and uh, uh, Alma's determined, hard-nosed uh, attitude, and then um, Mia's quiet resilience and, and her relationship with Grace as it grew when they're, when they're in school, uh, and eventually including some of those side characters um, it just, it, for me, I, I, the pacing just helped to see the characters actually live and breathe um, in a way that almost felt like it was a season-long um, mm-hmm. uh, show on television. So, question for you: um, What was your method of reading this? Did you read it in one sitting? Was it over? I read it in a few different sittings. Uh, the last one was about uh, was half of it um, consecutively. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, okay. I, I read it that way as well, and I think also because of the webcomic nature of it, I'm sure the way that it was published, it probably made a lot of sense. But like, I can see, I can mm-hmm. see both sides of the coin of wanting to, uh, yeah. to trim it down for the published version of it, but also wanting to hold everything there. I'm kind of with Jason. I kind of like the the meandering nature of it. It did help sort of differentiate where you were and what characters you were, and also just sort of. There are some of these sweet, quiet, tender moments in it that I really enjoyed. That I think that might have been lost if it was the pacing was too heavy um, and too fast. I guess is my sort of thought on that. Well, the pacing also fit, uh, like on the act. Like if you look at, if you read it from the web comic kind of standpoint, I didn't think it was too long or anything. It did feel like the la- like the ending. Everything just all of a sudden happened, and then it was like, okay, happy yeah. ending, done. 
So it, it so it, you go through this like long sweeping thing, and then it was like she wanted to end it with twenty chapters, and so that last chapter was just very uh-huh. jarring for me okay. at least. But the way that if you read the because I ended up reading most of it on the webcomic once I found it, it just um, it fit that setup much better, I think, than reading it in the book. Okay. Cool. Uh, anybody else have any thoughts that they want to get off their chest? I, I do want to bring to attention uh, the speech that Jules makes to their temporary uh, substitute boss, Joe. Yeah, yes. I wanted to make note yeah. of that as yes. well. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, because it, it's it's it feels like uh, one of the biggest um, emotional moments for the writer, especially. Uh, so to set it up for the for the listener who hasn't uh, read it. Um, at one point through the present storyline, Mia goes exploring in a ruined building and causes uh, some damage to occur for which uh, Shar has to write a report and Shar ends up getting suspended. So the team has to deal with his new boss, Joe. And Joe is just kind of a bitch. Yeah. And when the team decides they've had enough and want to help Mia on her quest uh, to go talk to Grace, Jules stands up to Joe and tells her to go fuck herself in the most beautiful way possible <laughs> in defense of mm-hmm. Elliot and Joe not remembering to use the proper pronouns. And so this is part of that. And she says... Uh, you don't get to decide what's important for us. You can choose for yourself, but no one else. When you choose not to respect us, we chose. We, when you chose not to respect us, we chose not to respect you. The fact that you expect people to sh- uh, you shit on to treat you nicely shows just how delusional you are. And then Joe says something dismissive, like it's just pronoun. Uh, and Jules continues, "Have you ever even considered that something that's trivial to you could mean so much more to someone else? You don't get to take the easy road out and just respect the parts of people that you recognize." And pro tip: if you find yourself in a similar situation in the future where you're surrounded by people you don't understand try listening it'll work a lot better for you than talking it was a, yeah. a, that's a great little speech in there for sure and yeah um yeah i think also has a lot of the it almost feels like it was written like on a day where she had like a run-in with someone who was being an asshole and it was like okay i'm gonna write this thing and this is everything i wanted to say to that person and i wasn't able to say at that time or you know what i mean or, or it's something that that happened to her yeah. years previously mm-hmm. and it just stuck with her as something that she needed to say in that moment but yeah. couldn't find the right word yeah yeah or maybe said that exactly that way and, and felt the, yes. the, the way to reiterate it you know again but yeah no that that yeah. moment in, I, I entirely understand like i i kind of earmarked that as well as being a, a pivotal highlight of the book uh for me at least so that was actually one of my favorite parts of that book too yeah <laughs> so i'm just sitting there like i'm just like i'm, I'm outside of my patio like because you know it was nice outside, like pumping my fist in the air, and my neighbors are giving me weird looks. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such an uplifting, empowering moment. Yeah. Um, and the, the whole book to me feels a lot like that because the characters, uh, as difficult as it is to discern them early on, they become individuals in their own right with their own strengths and weaknesses and things they care for at the end. Uh, and I did appreciate the ending, how it all. Um, has those characters go through their own um, climactic journey mm-hmm. um, and you reveal more about each character and what their strengths are and what they've been battling against this entire time and it's just it's really well done very cool uh, anybody have anything else <laughs> no nope? no nope, i can go to grades okay cool well then let's jump into grades uh we will start out with self-contained yeah for a long epic webcomic how much of this do you feel like was uh, self-contained uh we'll start <laughs> with you elena a. Uh, Mr. Jason. Hey. Mr. Todd. Hey. Mr. Adam. Hey. I'll go with the A's as well. Uh, for writing for Tilly Walden, um, these are all for Tilly Walden, but that's okay. Uh, for writing for Tilly Walden, what is your grade, Mr. Jason? It's an A for me. Uh, Hands down. Mr. Todd. You know, I give it a B. The um, she found her voice stronger when on, but I just think the uh, they could have used 
in the editor more than anything else. Okay. Yeah. Mademoiselle Lena. Um, I said B plus, and I agree with you, Todd. I thought it she really kept my interest, but she was all over the place at the beginning. Mr. Adam. Uh, I'm gonna go with the B plus. Uh, the writing for me was a little bit off. Well, not not off, but it was like that was the only thing I really had a problem with. Uh, just because, as Todd said, it kind of meanders a bit. I wasn't a big fan of like the issue before the ending, but aside from that, it was good. So, and I'll go with Jason. I'm going to go with an A. I actually really liked it. Then for art, for the same for Tilly Walden. Uh, what is your grade, Mr. Adam? Uh, I'm going to go with an A. The art was definitely the best part of this book. Uh, as Todd mentioned, uh, it was very reminiscent of like Miyazaki and Studio Ghibli, and I absolutely loved every page. Just, uh, just even the use of color specifically. You know, every time that they're in normal time, it's a very bright palette with oranges and reds. And then whenever she's back at school, the boarding school, it's all very dark blues or light blues, and it's very a cool palette. So. Uh, if even if you don't want to read the story for some reason it doesn't interest you, uh, this book is ama- has amazing artwork and can be thoroughly enjoyed just for that. Cool, uh, Mr. Todd. You know I'll give it an A minus on the art. I really enjoyed it. I thought she did great. Um, I'm gonna give it. Uh, I'm gonna give it an A minus as well. Um, I I really loved it. It's uh, I think it's just it's really fun and I think it fits sort of the intimate sort of style of her story. Uh, Mr. Jason. Uh, it's an A for me as well. It's it's uh, sort of quiet and unassuming at times, but it grew on me the more and more I got to experience the world and the splashes of color and the uh, uh, sort of subtle uh, emotions on the faces. Okay, and Fräulein Elena. Uh, I said A. We haven't talked about it, but ch- Chapter 6 was all just art. Yeah. So I, I loved Oh, that. yeah, that's right. It was just a full, yeah, that's right. There was no, there was was, no writing was or anything, yeah. and it felt very um, telling a story without any words. It reminded me very much of like what Pixar does really well. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought it was great. So, yeah, eh. Cool. So then for final grades, uh, we'll stay with you, Lena. I said A. I really liked it. Like a lot. Okay. I'm also going to stick with an A. I actually really, really liked it. Uh, Mr. Todd. B+. Plus. It was well done, but, you know, could use some work. Uh, Mr. Yeah. Adam. Uh, I'm going to go with an A-. minus. I, I th- thoroughly enjoyed this book. Uh, I, I didn't know much about it. I just kind of, for Pride Month, I was looking, doing some research. And this is one that kept on popping up over and over again. And I think it's a great way to kick things off for the month. Because, I mean, you've got diversity, inclusion. You know, we have people of color in here, not just women, obviously, with a woman-centric book. Uh, I like the way that it played with gender roles and made you realize that, guess what? Women and men are the same. And you're not, you know, not having men around, you don't miss them. So, again, <laughs> let's let's do that to our government. Get, you know, Elizabeth Warren or someone in there. Nice. Um but no, it, it's a great book. I highly recommend it, uh, and it's great that it's available online. Uh, Lena, was it free for the webcomic? It was. It's still free. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's it's not that expensive if you want to help support the author. I mean, that's going to help, you know, put some money in her pocket, yeah. and she definitely deserves it. And the fact that she's only 22, like, what's coming next? You know, yeah. that she's got a whole career ahead of her, and I think she's just going to do fantastic things. And, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll see her up there with, like, you know, the Chip Sadarskis and, you know, Hickman's one day. You never know. Yep. Or Gail Simone. Yeah, for sure. Uh, cool. And Mr. Jason? Uh, it's another easy A featuring Emma Stone for me. Uh, and and like Lena said, Chapter 6, in which there are no words, uh, is a perfect lesson in how to tell a story. Uh, that gives us a 3.8 grade point average, which is just above an A-. Um, go Tilly! Which, go Tilly! 
um, that's a pretty darn good grade for a book on our show. Well, so next week we will be doing a um, much shorter than this week uh, book called <laughs> Moonstruck by Grace Ellis and Shay Beagle. Let's see. I have not read any of this. I just picked it up. Um, it looks like it has some sort of witchcrafty kind of vibe to it. Um, looks kind of fun. Like, I mean, yeah. Well, like said, we're we're going in 100% blind every single one this month. That's so. true. It's yeah. We we got nothing, so we'll be surprised with you. Um, but uh, it the art looks cool. It's is this the same author as Lumberjanes? It looks like Lumberjanes, but is I don't think that's the same author as Lumberjanes. Is it? Okay. Oh wait, no, it is. Okay. Yeah, Coffee Laden Adventure from Lumberjanes creator Grace Ellis. There we go. And talented yep. newcomer Shabby. Well, well done, Jason. Yay, I know things. Wow. Yay. Okay. Yay. <laughs> well, well, then I'll that's going to be fun because I love Lumberjanes. So now I'm really excited about this. This will be great. Okay. Cool. So that's what we'll be reading next month. Does anybody have any recommendations they want to jump in with? A couple years ago, I picked up the PlayStation VR because uh-huh. I wanted to try out some stuff. It was, it was pretty cool. A little bit limited. Uh, and then I was doing some reviews, like not reviews, some research, and Oculus, who's down by Facebook apparently, uh-huh. uh, they kind of were the one who pioneered the new VR gaming for computers, PCs, and everything else. The problem is you got wires attached to you, you got to set up a camera, the resolution's not that great. But they came out with this new one called the Oculus Quest, which is a completely wireless headset and controllers, like these little hand things. That you just uh, you link to your phone just so it can hop online to make sure that you you know you've bought the apps and everything, and it's a fully wireless VR experience. That there's still some room to grow and get better with like the resolution and other things, but this is the new future of VR that where you don't need this thousand dollar computer to enjoy yourself. So I picked it up. Uh, the two games I can highly recommend. Uh, the first one is called Beat Saber. It's like if Dance Dance Revolution but with lightsabers. Oh, so, okay. You're you're in VR and these like these blocks coming at you and they're different colors. You have to hit in the right way with the right colored lightsaber. The only drawback with the Oculus Quest is that on the PC on the Steam version, uh, they have a, a level editor, so people have got all these songs you can download for free. Like you, know, you can do the Power Rangers theme song if you want to. <laughs> so you don't have that freedom, unfortunately. But this is the game that if someone's like, "Hey, I've never tried VR," this is the game you want to show them because it's fucking amazing. You get a good workout on the higher difficulty levels. Like it's gonna fuck you up. And then the other one I picked up uh, was announced at Star Wars Celebration was Vader Immortal. So this one is, I think it's going to be a five-part series. Uh, and you you know, you strap it on, you're a smuggler, you get taken to Mustafar, and you have to escape because Vader wants you to do something. And you literally feel like you are in Star Wars. Like, this is what I've been waiting for my entire life. I guess it's actually a sequel, um, Brian, to that... Um, Oh, what's the one? It's down. Where in Southern California? It's the the Void. Does it? Yeah, the Void. It's on. Uh, it's at uh, Downtown Disney. I've taken Todd to oh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this is the sequel to that. Okay. Uh, okay. So and I mean the episode's only about forty minutes long, but I mean you literally like you know, you're you're having to climb up ladders. You learn how to use a lightsaber, how to deflect beams back at stormtroopers. Uh, you feel like you're in Star Wars, and it's absolutely fantastic. So if you haven't gotten it yet, it's it's sold out everywhere. So good luck trying to find one. You can order it and get it shipped to you like in a month. But Oculus Quest, it's like 400 bucks, um, worth every penny, and I'm having a complete blast with it. So, cool. yeah. Awesome. All for Star Wars reasons, but still. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Lana, do you have any recommendations? I do. There is a show on Preform right now called The Bold Type. Uh, they're right at the end of their third season. They just got picked up for a fourth. It is based on the interns at Cosmopolitan Magazine. Um it is 
one of the best shows I think I've watched for young, like showing young women um, who are strong and then women in leadership roles and uh, everything kind of along that same line. It is one of my favorite shows to watch right now. So I highly recommend it. Cool. Uh, Mr. Jason. Uh, nothing for me this week. Mr. Todd. Two things. One, I like how you said you took me to the void while Jason was there. At the same I know. Time. I, re- I realized that after the fact as well. I was like, oh, Jason's there. But like, you and I have done so many VRs together. I'm like, oh, I've definitely taken you there. But yes, Jason was with us as well. Yes. Yes. That's all good. So this is a recommendation I believe Brian's done in the past as well. But I just watched the season finale to Doom Patrol. On Fuck the you. You took my app. recommendation. <laughs> ha! <laughs> It is so bizarrely, absurdly weird and yeah. amazing, and I love it. And you've got this character that doesn't like how things are going, so she decides to start narrating on her own to change it, and it works. Yeah. Well, it's and as we record mad. this tomorrow, they're starting uh, Swamp Thing, which I'm really excited yeah. about, because that looks and amazing as well. That looks amazing. That has rave reviews coming through, too. So it's, yeah, I'm really excited. So that DC Universe app, their original programming stuff, Titans was pretty good, but Doom Patrol has been great, and I'm excited to see what they do with um, Swamp Thing. Yeah, so, no, I, th- I think it's been fun. So I have to tell you, I've got um, a guest in in my little fake studio here. That okay. is the the geek in my life as I'm sitting on the East Coast, and she told me that she didn't think that the end of Doom Patrol was as fulfilling as she wanted it to be. I can understand that entirely. I've liked the show All in right. general, but I, I won't. I won't argue with that. But she loves it. She keeps. She's mouthing yeah. to me that she loves it. So <laughs> yeah, it is so good. No, I have. I'm very proud to have a poster from when we uh, at WonderCon. We went to a panel for, it and I have the poster up on my wall. I framed uh-huh. it and put it up there. And my Reptar that I won when I was at University of Florida is staring at it, which is. Gonna- bizarrely awesome as well um anyway i have weird random shit all over my walls that's right but i mean it's a show that has carnivorous butts kaiju sized <laughs> cockroach yep. i mean and then you've got a narrator that they've got to kick in order to like get motivated again yeah. and it's 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 really yeah great. i thought i mean I, I really enjoyed it i thought it was fun and i i i loved it i like it a lot so, but yeah. tell tori i understand what she's saying i will okay i will see i figured out who you were talking about i'm so smart smrt cool well this, since todd stole my recommendations i think that will do it for me uh anybody else got anything else Nope. Nope, okay, cool. Well, thank you everybody for joining us and uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we will see you next week for Moonstruck. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. And then we press stop. Thank you for joining us. Please rate us on whatever service you listen on. And remember, at least we're not cinema queens.